Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. And one of the people we celebrate every Friday is Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. He's covered the Saints longer than anyone else. And he's a good friend of the show. He's here every Friday to talk about the Saints. And you know what? The Saints gave us a little bit of a, you know early Christmas present, at least to put them back in at least the hunt a little bit. I look forward to catching up with you. How you doing, Jeff? Ricky, it's always good to talk after a win. I mean, it felt like it'd been forever since the Saints had had something to celebrate. So you're right, early Christmas gift, and uh, got a big one again this weekend. A lot has been written this week about Alvin Kamara, and really a lot as, as well about Taysom Hill. Um, it was very much the game you expected, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly what I expected. Uh, Saints wore them down, kept the ball on the ground, didn't make any really glaring mistakes. And they looked, they just out-coached and outplayed the Jets. The Jets were down a lot of players themselves. The Saints can relate to that. And uh, it was like, it felt like a preseason game in New York, Ricky. There was really a small crowd there. Uh, Saints had a lot of fans. Uh, and there was just not a lot to write home about other than Alvin Kamara getting back in the lineup and, and dominating the game. And he dominated, didn't he, buddy? Yeah. I mean, he's a rare talent. I was, I was telling a colleague of mine this week just how unusual it is at this time that we have the Saints all-time leading rusher, Mark Ingram, on the roster. You have Deuce McAllister, the former all-time leading rusher, in the press box calling the games as the color analyst. And then you've got Alvin Kamara doing what he does on the field, and he's probably going to be the all-time leading rusher in the future. So you kind of got past, present, future, all-time leading rushers all together with the team at one time and watching Alvin Kamara do his work. Uh, it's really a joy. I mean, he makes it look so easy. kind of reminds me of, like, the way Drew Brees was at quarterback. He made it look easy, and, and that's the way Alvin does at running back. Well, after sitting out four weeks, I know that their plan wasn't to – run him as much as they did but once he got into a groove man first of all he did get in a groove and secondly there was no sign that he had any injury yeah i mean sean payton's no dummy right ricky <laughs> he's gonna give the ball to the hot hand and the best player on the field and you're right he i didn't see any sign of uh you know he had a hamstring tweaked hamstring and then a knee injury uh the hamstrings what set him back uh, he looked as good as ever. And, look, they're going to need a huge game from him again this week against Tampa. Uh, it's going to get a lot – the sledding's going to get a lot tougher this week going against that run defense. But having Kamara back gives you a chance. He's, a, he's the best playmaker on the offense, uh, one of the best players in the league. And now the Saints have a little bit of an identity on offense. Well, it is – I mean, they do have an identity, actually. It was great to see – well, I, I actually felt with the with a couple of small exceptions. Obviously, uh, Taysom's got a, a hurt finger, and he's still still trying to come to grips with that. Overall, I thought his passes were pretty sharp, didn't you? Under the circumstances. 
Well, that's what the running game gives you. Let's not underestimate also having Teron Armstead back at left tackle. I mean, he's a Pro Bowl left tackle. Things get a lot easier when you've got guys of that ability blocking and taking some of the load off of you. I really felt like the the, the Cowboys game, Taysom Hill was just pressing too much down the stretch, trying to be a hero, make a comeback. It's not unlike some of the criticism we saw for Jameis Winston when he was in Tampa. When you're playing from behind, you're playing against good teams, and you start trying to fit the ball in tight windows, you're going to pay for it in the NFL. We didn't see that because they were playing with a lead. It was the first time, Ricky, they've had a lead in a game since the second quarter of the Titans game in Week 10. I mean, it had been three games in a row where they've not had a lead. So when you play from behind, it's hard to play quarterback. And the Saints certainly uh, certainly were in control of that game for the most part from the, from the opening kickoff. So Armstead coming in off of injury, uh, coming back from injury, uh, read a review from your team of him. He was back to his world-class style, wasn't he? Again, very little evidence of his injury. No, I mean, he, he's played hurt a lot in his career. Uh, and he's a dominant player when he's healthy. I mean, he's a, a Pro Bowl player. And it just creates a domino effect along the rest of the offensive line. He's the most experienced offensive lineman, too. So he helps out up front some of the younger players. Uh, he's playing right alongside Calvin Throckmorton, who's a second-year player. He hasn't played a lot. So having that stability and that experience next to you in Toronto Armstead just makes everybody else better. And, uh, you know, look, again, I keep alluding to this game this week, but uh, you've got to have protection on the flanks, especially for someone like Taysom Hill, who hasn't played a ton of quarterback in the league. It helps having your blind side protected. There's no doubt about it. Uh, several more things to point out from the game the other day. For, uh, you know, just to kind of keep him with the theme of, of, of offense. It did seem that in the beginning they wanted to see if Tony Jones Jr. could, could uh, carry a, a bit more of the load. And, uh, you know, they tried, they tried, they tried, but then they finally said, okay, we're, we're rolling with our horse. But they did give it a shot. They wanted to try to take some of the pressure off of Camaro. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty evident. Yeah, no, it's good observation. As a matter of fact, I think the broadcast team for CBS even said that during the production meetings, that's what Sean Payton told them. And Sean afterward even said to us they wanted to try and limit the pitch count, if you will, for Alvin Kamara. But you could just see the difference. The difference is, you know, we hear that all the time, that phrase, right, next man up. Well, the next man up often isn't as good as the guy ahead of him. There's a reason for a depth chart. And Alvin Kamara is a special player. There's, there's just no other way to describe his ability to make people miss, his ability to make the right read, his vision, his balance is next level. I've never seen a player as balanced as him. He's able to make a three-yard gain into like a seven or eight-yard gain, and that's critical in the NFL where you don't get these big gains all the time. It's all about moving the chains, and he didn't have a really a monster gain in that game. I think his biggest gain was about 18 yards uh, what he does is he, he nickels and dimes you to death with those four and six yard runs and catches, and that's what moves the chains. It has moved the chains. You know, it, we'll look ahead to Tampa in the second half of the show, but but you know, here we went into the Jets game, and uh, once again we had uh, we're just speaking specifically to the offensive side of the ball. Ingram out due to COVID. Uh, I mean, just you I mean, you forget Kamara back. You, you you brought Ingram in to take pressure off of Kamara, and then he's out with COVID. I mean, just a, the Saints at times can't seem to get a break. Yeah, and it's not just them now. Around the league, as you see, there's outbreaks everywhere. Um, 
I think it's up to like 40 players right now across the league. Uh, but they should be getting Mark Ingram back soon, uh, hopefully this week, along with, with Cam Jordan and Ty Montgomery. Uh, but there's an outbreak, no question, not, not just around the league, around the country right now. The Saints are a little bit of a microcosm. But I do think, you know, there's starting to be some positive news that Ryan Ramchek potentially could come back this week, if not next week. They got Armstead back. It sounds like he came through the game well. Kamara came through the game well. So you're getting some players back in the fold. We, we also saw Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back, in, and he played well in that game on the defensive side of the ball, along with Marcus Davenport. It was, hey, uh, as it relates to uh, Chauncey Gardner, he, man, he had a really good game. I mean, he was you could tell he was ready to play some ball again. Well, he brings energy, right? Energy, juice, enthusiasm, whatever you want to call it. He and Quan Alexander are kind of those – Two guys on the defense. Juan Alexander's playing really well right now. Yeah, uh, amazingly well. So I think you know getting that energy back, and it's going to be critical for the Saints down the stretch here uh, to play with that kind of juice on defense, yeah. pursuing the ball, all eleven guys. I mean, uh, we saw that against the Jets. Well, we'll come back to the defense again. Just one more quick observation on the offensive side. Uh, it sure was good to see some receivers catch the ball. So when you rate how the receivers played against the Jets, they had to have scored better. Yeah, they definitely did. And and look, it, it's easier sledding against the Jets. It should have been easy, especially with the way they were running the ball. The Saints ran for over 200 yards. And that's what happens when you get a good running game. It opens up things down the field. And Taysom Hill was very efficient. I, I think he completed 75% of his passes because he didn't have to force anything and because he was able – uh, you know, to find these open windows because the respect for the running game. I mean, you know, he has to scare defenses to death. Because, I mean, first of all, when you see him run, when he commits, especially when he's going around the edge, my goodness, dude, when he turns on the afterburners, that he is running. He's really fast. Yeah, and it's funny. He doesn't look like he's moving that fast. You know, he runs with a really kind of effortless slide. He reminds me a lot of Deuce McAllister in that way. Deuce never looked like uh, he had sprinter speed because he had that gliding motion when he ran. Uh, sort of similar to like Walter Payton. That's who Kamara reminds me of, Walter Payton, in a lot of ways because he's got more power than you think, but he's elusive, but he's not necessarily sprinter speed. I mean, it might surprise you to know that like – Taysom Hill is actually faster in the 40 than Alvin Kamara. Uh, so it, it's not like he's the fastest guy in the world, but he just, he's got enough speed to outrun the guys when he needs to, and uh, he's certainly hard to tackle. So the NFL actually actually uh, checks how fast these players are going, and I read a story about Taysom Hill. We'll, we'll talk more about that on, on the other side. But when we come back with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune, We'll uh, clean up anything else on the offensive side, then we'll switch over to the defensive side as more players start to come back. And as he pointed out, Quan, Quan Alexander starts to play better. We'll uh, kind of cover the spectrum on that and then talk about we've had good luck against Tampa, um, but this is a different kind of a team the Saints are going into Tampa. So it's going to be interesting to see if we can win against Tampa, get with this team. We'll see you after the break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at AllenToyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Pick In. We're going to finish our conversation about the offense here shortly. We're moving the defense. We'll talk about the upcoming game with Tampa Bay. But before we go any further, I just think some interesting, I guess it's kind of non-football football news that came out of this week. One is the uh, the Netflix show about uh, Sean Payton. Uh, the uh, the trailer from, from Netflix uh, dropped this week so people could get a sense of what that, that was going to be all about. And the fact that he didn't wear a hat this week, it seemed to throw everybody off. Um, what can you say about both of those? <laughs> Well, you know, we asked Peyton about it after the game because it was just so unusual. He always wears that visor, and when he's not in a visor, he usually wears just a baseball cap. And he said, like, he didn't like the way his cap looked uh, in his locker. He didn't make a lot of sense, frankly, Ricky. He said he thought it was too cold to wear a visor, which makes no sense. If it's too cold, too cold to wear a visor, why are you not wearing a hat at all? Didn't make a lot of sense, but it was definitely unusual. But I'm curious to see now. He's a very superstitious guy. Will he come out now with no hat on after they won a game and snap that five-game losing streak without a hat on? That's what I want to see this week against the Bucks. Wow, wow, wow. And what about the Netflix special? What a cool, what a cool thing for Sean Payton to have about him. Yeah, it's all about the mainly about that year where he was suspended. And he ended up spending a lot of time over in Dallas when his son Connor was in youth league football and Sean helped coach that team. Uh, it was like a, a year off and he made the best of it with Connor. And the interesting thing about that is that movie came about because uh, Sean's daughter, Megan, uh, her boyfriend, the guy she dates right now, uh, is an actor out in LA. And he ended up making that happen. I think he has a deal with Netflix and. Take the, took the screenplay to them and got it. So there was a connection there with Megan uh, through her through her partner. And Kevin James, Kevin James. I had to. I'm so used to seeing Kevin James on on various you know ser- serial shows. It's hard to kind of get you know get your head in that. Oh, okay, he's playing the Sean Payton role. I mean, it's kind of it kind of throws me back a little bit. How about yeah. you? Especially back then. I mean, Sean. Sean, like all of us, you spend a lot of time in New Orleans, you start picking up a few pounds here and there. But back then, Sean was really thin. If you remember, that's one thing I remember. He took that year off and got in the best shape of his life. He still talks about it. We call him CrossFit Sean during that. Right. He he posted... He, he posted uh, 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 videos of him running stadium seats and, you know, just, uh, I mean, literally working out hard. I mean, he was as cut as he had ever been. It was incredible, actually. Certainly didn't look like Kevin James, that's for sure. <laughs> he certainly didn't look like Kevin James, for sure. Okay, so anyway, we, let's go back to the defense. You know, one of the interesting things about you mentioning about Quan Alexander is that as recent as three weeks ago, you said that coming back from an Achilles surgery like he came back from, it's hard to turn and, and weave and duck and all the things that he's got to be able to do. He's a spirited player, but in order for him to be the kind of player he needs to be, he has to be able to cut and run and have this short burst of speed, which he wasn't showing. And suddenly, I think the next week, he started to show it. Then this week, he gets a sack. And, and I mean, you're hearing his number. You're seeing his number a lot more. Um he, he seems to have turned a corner. I think it's a perfect – I couldn't put it any better than the way you just said it. I mean, he was not showing that burst and explosiveness that he had 
just a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden the light bulb came on. I don't know what happened, uh, but he's been playing lights out the last month, and Sean Payton praised him on his coach's show this week unsolicited. Uh, and that's big for Quan Alexander, who's trying to earn another contract, whether it's here in New Orleans, somewhere else in the league. I think when you've got the endorsement of Sean Payton like that, uh, that's a really positive sign for his chances to to stay here and, and be a part of this defense in the future. The uh, Saints continue to do well for the most part, really well against a run. It's a uh, you know that the interior line on the Saints is, continues to play well, don't they? Yeah, I mean they're well. They dominated the Jets up front, which they should. Now they face a really good offensive line against the Bucks, uh, and they've had their way with the Bucks in the past. I think getting Cam Jordan back is going to be really big this week, assuming he's going to be back. Uh, he's had some of his best games of his career against Donovan Smith, the left tackle of the Bucks. I think he's in Donovan Smith's head, frankly. But uh, getting Davenport back, the power he shows. I mean, the the Quan Alexander sack was the direct result of Marcus Davenport, who bull rushed the right guard, forced Luke, uh, Zach, Zach uh, Wilson out of the pocket, and he ran right into Quan Alexander. So really, it should have gone to Marcus Davenport because he's the one that disrupted it. And uh, Davenport's a difference maker up front with his power off the edge. I know another one of those sort of uh, in their head kind of scenarios is Mike Evans and, and uh, uh, um, hang on, help, help me out. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, or, or Marshawn Lattimore. I started. I started to say Marcus, and I messed up. But yeah, Lattimore. Although Evans got a good one on him this past game, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually writing that this week about this rivalry, how it's become really, I think, the preeminent rivalry for Saints fans. I think it's kind of usurped the Falcons, even though the Falcons will always have that kind of hate, hate, hatred between the franchises. I mean, just, there's no comparison. On the field, there's been so many incidents the last five years between these two teams, and then it's even happened this past game after the game when Leonard Fournette and C.J. Gardner-Johnson had to be separated. Uh, there's a lot of bad blood here, and I think, you know, it's, it, obviously there's no Jameis Winston, but that messy quarterback divorce from Tampa Bay I think also fueled some of that. So there's a lot of storylines, and I, I even asked Sean Payton about it this week because he believes that football is a game of emotion. You have to play with emotion, but there's obviously a line there you can't cross, and these two teams have crossed that line a lot the last four or five years. Yeah, Gardner Johnson has gotten us in trouble a couple of times, and now he's going to be back for that game. Um, you know, the, Defensively, the Saints um, are pretty much intact, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, I think they if they get Cam Jordan back, they'll be in about as good a shape as you could be on that side of the ball. Uh, and they've caused a lot of problems for Tom Brady. It's been well-documented. Uh, Dennis Allen just seems to have the, uh, you know, the elixir that, uh, that you know, makes Tom Brady human. And they're going to get the Bucks' best shot. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind it's a primetime game. Uh, the way this series has evolved the last few years, the Saints, of course, had these big, raucous, uh, locker room celebrations that go viral. I, I think the Bucks are tired of hearing about all that. I know they are, and I think they're gonna they're gonna have their A game for this game on, on Sunday night. Well, you know, last week's game with with uh, with with the Bucks was close. Of course, you know, heroics from Brady at the end, but he's never looked better. He's just so sharp. Yeah, Peyton talked about him today, and look, look, we we've, we've mentioned this before, but. 
It, it's remarkable. I mean, Tom Brady probably would be playing for the Saints right now if Drew Brees would have retired a year earlier. I mean, he was seriously considering retiring, elected to come back for the 2020 season, and Brady ends up going to Tampa instead. But Tom Brady's agent is Don Yee, who also happens to be Sean Payton's agent. And I think that deal was going to be worked out. if uh, That was the backup plan for the Saints if Drew didn't come back. So it's amazing to think about, you know, the what-ifs uh, if Tom Brady would have come here instead of going to Tampa. It will be interesting to see because, it, it, from especially offensively, the, the the Saints are a much different team than they were. I mean, they were struggling still passing the ball, uh, but but certainly more efficient than today. Um, you know, you weren't you didn't have a, a threat in Jameis Winston, and we were able to run the ball against a team that's really a good run stopper in the league. Uh, but now you bring you bring Jameis Winston, excuse me, uh, Taysom Hill into the uh, conversation. It really changes the dynamics a lot. So it's going to be very interesting to see how we do. Of course, if we get Ingram back and then, of course, Kamara's healthy, I mean, we're going to be running the ball a lot in this game, aren't we? Well, and here's the thing, Ricky. It's hard to run on Tampa. You, you alluded to it. Nobody really runs it on them. They, they and the Saints are two of the top three run defenses in the league. Those great linebackers, Devin White, Lamonte David, hard to run on them. But you have to try and run on it because you don't want to get in one-dimensional their real weaknesses are secondary. And Sean Payton said, we've got to have a good throwing game against the Bucks to have a chance. So they're going to have to throw it on. That's where they're weak. They're not weak in the front seven, but that's the strength of the Saints. So that's why I think it's an interesting chess match between Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator uh, for the Bucks, and Sean Payton. How, how's this game going to be called? Because you're really going strength on strength with the running games and the run defense. And the Saints aren't particularly great throwing the ball, but that's where you need to attack them. So, so do you think we'll see a lot more screens? Because what, what we saw with Taysom is coming out to the side as he's running, getting out of the pocket, running. Um, they're not sure if he's going to run the ball or not. And it gives him this, like, a little bit of a time to kind of assess, is there a hole for me to run? Or is there an opening? That seems to be a really good play for the Saints. Yeah, I agree. And, and look, I think Taysom Hill is going to have to run the ball a lot in this game. We saw uh, Josh Allen have real success against the Bucks last week. And they're very similar kind of players, big physical runners. So I think Taysom Hill is going to have to have close to 100 yards for the Saints to have a chance in this game. It sets up the passing game, the deep uh, play-action pass. That, that, to me, is going to be the, the formula this week. Well, well, well. It's going to be so interesting. Jeff Duncan, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. It's going to be a fun game. Sunday night, uh, primetime game. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully the Saints have a great game. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Ricky. Talk to you then, buddy. You bet. Take care. Uh, we'll see you right after this break. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. A Supertalk Mississippi media production.